He says that the, the minigo oil, he says, when people have a, a roof, a manrik, somebody, a shoifet, they always have not nice things to say about them. Everyone, everyone has something critical to say about, about the, the leader. But then when they go somewhere else, you see a leader, sometimes a roof goes from one community to the next, then you'll hear people from the previous community telling them, oh, you have that roof by you, he was by us for so many years, you know, he said such nice things, I remember. All of a sudden they say nice things about him. Why? Now that he's not there anymore, it's much easier. There's a famous verse when some Seva brings part of it. Tazriya, when a person is born, people don't have such nice things to say about him. But after he, after he dies, then everyone says that he was a Kudosh, everyone says such nice things about him. And that's often how it is. It's hard to say something nice about a person when he's here. So he says, besides Moshe, Elu oil, when Moshe Rabbani would leave the oil, he finished being shoifet, the Om, Asheba Machna. Then everyone would gather around, like all the lights, and they would stand around the Pesach oil, and they would make fun of him. They beat the Achra Moshe. They had not nice things to say that they noticed by him, as Rashi explains from the Medrash, that they had you know things to say about Moshe Rabbani. But Viyayid Amad Unan. Then when Moshe Rabbani went and they saw the the cover that Avishti gave him, right when he came back to the oil and they saw the Amad Unan there, then Heshtachvi Ish Pesach Oholay. All of a sudden, everyone you know had the the new respect. As long as he was there between them, you know they didn't have the respect for him. But only later they were able to respect him the right way. And he says, you know, this is how it is. So Tzayfus says, this is how people are with the, with the, with the Rabbunim, this is how people are with leaders, that they'll always find something not nice to say until, until you know, later on. Now, unfortunately, I mean, it's mamash, you see this so often when it comes to relationships, how people have, not, have, people have nice things to say, but they won't say it uh, when it's relevant. When, you know, in other words, they won't say it directly to a spouse, they won't say it even to a workmate sometimes. You know, when someone's there, when you're dealing with someone, you'll, you'll always find critical things to say about them. You'll always find not, things to complain about. And only later, when somebody moves on, or unfortunately, I was looking at it, it never happened, but when somebody passes away, oh, all of a sudden you have, not, you have nice things to say. And I once quoted, I don't remember who I heard saying it, but either he was quoting someone, or I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't remember what it, what it was exactly, but somebody said that you know, his, his wife was nifted. He said the only thing that he regrets was that he didn't, you know, he, he didn't express his appreciation when she was around, you know? And that's what happens when somebody's around, that you, you see the complaints and you, and you mention them. And the nice things, you know, you, you know, here and there you'll say something, but, but later it's too late. And, you know, sometimes, uh, just another, another way to, to present the same idea is that sometimes people will say nice things about, about you, right, to someone else. They'll say nice things to you about to someone else. In other words, uh, you, you, somebody will be telling, the, uh, a woman could be telling her friend, oh, my husband, he's such a great guy. Right, but when you came home, did you tell it to your husband? No, that's nicht. Uh, or they are, you know, and, and that's that's often how it is. You won't say the right thing to the right person. You'll only say it at the wrong time. When it's too late to say it, or you'll say it to someone else who's not benefiting from it. And unfortunately, that's that's where people get stuck. I I, I don't know. If, I, I assume that part of the problem is that people don't want to feel uncomfortable saying to your face a compliment, or they they don't want to be committed because now that I said you're a great guy, I can't complain too much tomorrow, I just said you're great, so it's easier for me to tell you your greatness to someone else, and like this, tomorrow when I complain, it's more legitimate, because you know, you're not a great guy, I never said you were, you know, and just recently somebody was telling me about a situation that he had, where his wife told him, actually told him, that I was just telling my my sister, she was complaining about. Okay, this, this is not this is not appropriate. I'm just I'm just repeating it. I don't mean to to uh, give an okay to such a conversation. But the sister was complaining something about her husband that he doesn't have time or that he doesn't know how to um, get along with the children or whatever it was that, that or financials whatever it was. And I, I told her 
that, oh, I feel so blessed, because I understand that many men are talking like that, but my husband, he's a great guy. Now, this was the biggest compliment he heard in years. Now, this guy's married to over 20 years. The biggest compliment he heard from his wife was that I told someone else that you're a good guy. Now, it's better than not saying it at all, right? I, I, I mean it. This woman gets credit for telling her husband that she says something nice about him. She gets credit for saying something nice about him. She gets credit for sharing it. But, but is that the way to give someone a compliment? Why don't you ever tell him to his face? And, and this, this was what bothered him, aside from the fact that he really hears such a good word. But it's like, oh, to someone else he knew to say it. Now, again, she's repeating it to him, so I give her credit for repeating it, and not just saying it to someone else in a, in a, you know, in a conversation, but, but the idea of knowing how to say something nice to someone at the right time, and not be afraid, and not feel that, uh, okay, maybe I'm committing to, to, to acknowledging that you're really a good guy. Yes, you should. You should acknowledge that somebody's a good guy, and you should acknowledge that your wife is, is special and helpful, and that you appreciate her. And, and then, if you want to complain on a ratio from nine to one, right, nine compliments to one complaint, you know, it will be taken well, but... Unfortunately, people, people don't do that. So, so it's just very sad. And, and it's something we can learn from this, you know. The Torah is teaching it to us because we should know that, yeah, it's a derech for people to complain about manhigim. And only later when they see their kubit somewhere else, that's when they're like, oh, now I see. Well, why didn't you see it then? Was it really that bad? And, and unfortunately, um, that's how it is. So I'm, I'm mentioning this because, because well, something we can learn from. And because um, this has something to do with the question that I, that I want to address. So let me, let me read this question. Okay. I really enjoy listening to your speeches on Torah anytime, and I'm getting a lot from it. Okay? Baruch Hashem, thank you. Now, here's my question. I'd appreciate it if you can address it. My husband is an amazing father to my few kids. Can I know her? I'm leaving out the number, just not to, to, not to get too identifying. Uh, an amazing father to my kids, and the nicest husband anyone can ask for. He has sterling middos, etc. I really appreciate all he does. Here's the thing. He's at a job where he's not making enough money for beer basics. He loves his workmates and his job. But we cannot make ends meet, despite the fact that I'm trying to do my part financially by working all I can and not spending money for the things we don't need. We don't even have all necessities we do need. I tried discussing the idea of leaving his job and even had two ideas of better paying job off openings that I heard of. But as soon as I start talking about it, he becomes blank or just walks away. He's too comfortable at his job. Thanks in advance. Okay, so you have a woman who um, has an amazing husband, Baruch Hashem. And uh, he's not bringing home enough money, and he can't pay the bills. What do I do? And I tried talking to him about it, and he won't um, let me. So the truth is, and I'm just going to mention it now, that I spoke about this a year ago, approximately, and, you know, it's more common than you think. Very, very typical situation. Um, obviously, I don't think the details are much the same, but last year, Pastor Bayakal in the Yiddish Shir, I did, I did speak about this. But I think there are things that we can, we can cover again. It's always good to review, and the, and the ideas are always... Um, you know, generally is that everyone could apply to their own situation. So the first thing that I want to do is compliment this questioner um, for, for, for looking at the situation this way. Now, I'm not looking to give her any ideas and say that she could have seen it differently, but I know that people do, and I want whoever's listening to this to be able to understand the point over here. Okay? She has a husband who he's not, he's not providing what he should be. He's not even letting her talk about it, right? She could see this as, as an obnoxious guy. He's not, he's not fulfilling his obligations, and he doesn't let me talk to him about it, and he gets all whatever, and this is crazy, and I can't handle it, and, and I don't have, and everyone else has, and how come I don't? She's not doing that. In other words, people can sometimes take a problem like this and turn it into a bad husband who's not doing what he should, and I know he's a great guy, I don't think he's wonderful, but when it comes to me, no, he is a great guy. And like I said, I don't want to give her any ideas, fuck it, I want to I compliment this woman for seeing that, yes, my husband is an amazing father, okay, he's the nicest husband, he has wonderful middas. I appreciate everything he does, and he does do a lot, it seems. And then, here's the thing, I have a problem. 
And even in this problem alone, she's not painting him as being irresponsible, or not caring about the family, or as being as lacking confidence, and, and that's why he can't go to, a, to get a new job. No, that's not what it is. He's just too comfortable at his job. That's what you're right. He's very comfortable at his job. He likes his workmates. And I have a problem. So I, I, this is something that I, I, really wanted to, I really wanted to bring out. You know, when you have the right attitude to a problem, you see this is the problem. The problem is that he's comfortable at work. The problem is that I can't communicate with him about it. But he's a good guy, and a good guy I can work with. When you see someone as a good person, even if they have a problem, there's always what to work with. Okay? When you see someone as a person who cares about you, a person who's a good, a good spouse, a good husband, a good domestic, then it's much easier to try to come up with ways, even if you didn't come up with it yet, but you could be creative and say, you know what, with a person like this, I'm sure I'll find a way. As opposed to, oh, he's so obnoxious. You know how many times I try to bring this up? There's no one to talk to. Yeah, he's nice, he's cute, he likes playing with the kids, it's all beautiful, but you can't provide them. What are, how can I? And when you see someone as a bad person, then the problem can be solved because, you know, someone who you can't talk to, you can't talk to, and you get resentful, and then you there's all that emotional baggage in between and everything else. So that's, that's something we should all learn from, and that's something I wanted to compliment the questioner about, you know, not to make her feel good, but some, so that we all understand that, uh, how healthy this approach and attitude is. Now, let me just mention one thing, and this has to do a little about what we spoke about before, and that is that she's talking about him very nicely, and I would assume, I would assume that, 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 the, that the, the case is, as I'm about to mention, I just don't know, so I'm just pointing it out to everyone to hear. Sometimes there are situations, like I said before, about a woman who will tell her sister, my husband's a great guy, and she'll write an email to her, I grew in, my husband's a great guy, he's a good father, he's a good this, he's a good that, he's a and I have a problem. Now, did you, or how often do you tell your husband that? Now, I'm assuming that she does. I'm assuming she does, I'm just mentioning. Sometimes people will know it all, and even feel it all, but they won't say it. And sometimes that could be a, a, a big ingredient that's missing. If your husband didn't hear from you 25 times how amazing you think he is, right, then maybe when you're coming up with some kind of criticism or some kind of something that he may find offensive or challenging, he might, he might, he might see it as, this is probably what you think of me. So even if you're a good person and you realize that, no, my husband's a great guy and I think very highly of him and there's a small issue, but how's he supposed to know that? Now, it could be, like I said, it could be in this situation, he, he does. I mean, sometimes... Right? Sometimes laying it on thick, how highly you think of someone, and then bringing up an issue makes it so much easier for that person to, to take you seriously and to not feel attacked or, or, or take, it, take it personally. Now, before I go on, I will take this opportunity to address the husband. And I don't mean this husband. I have no reason to think that he's listening to this. But any husband out there who might, who might think that, her, that, her, that his wife might have such a, such a kind of complaint... Parnusa, as much as we all have betochen and we all daven Tashem and we all, you know, say parsh samon and other kind of zgidus, Parnusa is not something that you're supposed to wait like the mon should come from Shemayim, right? It's in the Ksibba, you undertook that when you got married, you're going to provide for your family, right? This is something that people don't always want to understand. Parnusa, as much as we daven to Hashem and we know that He's the one that provides, right? You did undertake, and it is an obligation to do whatever you could to provide. Now, if you're working full-time, you're trying, you have a business, and you're doing the status, and there's a way for Panus to come, and it's not coming, or you had a loss, or whatever it is, that's in Hashem's hands. But you can't control anything in this world. But if somebody's going to sit home and not, not have a job, and say that he has betuchen, and he's using his betuchen as a crutch, or, or, or as an excuse to not uh, fulfill a commitment, you have to know this is, this is a commitment, this is a prerequisite, this is shaksiz this is an obligation. You must provide your family. So if you, if you have a job, and it's not, a, it's not a business that can bring money, but it's a job. You're, right? you're packing away the surim and the smedish, and they pay you for that exactly $11 an hour. And you're doing it exactly for three hours a day. And you're coming home with $33 a day, and it's not enough to provide for your family, then um, I, I think that you're not um, you're fulfilling your obligation that you undertook and you committed to. So that's something people have to understand. Saying I have a token and sometimes something might come in from somewhere, this is definitely something you want to speak to your roof about. You want to talk to someone to make sure that you're doing the right thing. So before your wife complains, 
There's not about a complaining wife. If you have a wife that's going to bite her lips and, and, and not say anything, but you're not providing, then yeah, you, you have an issue. Now, if sometimes people have an excuse why they're not providing, or they think that you are providing, which is fine. You can discuss that with someone, just make sure you're doing the right thing. I'm just mentioning this. Okay, this, is, this is not, this is not, um, this is not hmm, voluntary. This is mandatory. You must provide for your family. Now, if somebody's trying and it's not going for whatever reason, that's a different story. That, that's in Hashem's hands, obviously. Like everything's in Hashem's hands. But the, the, the typical Ashtadlis is definitely an obligation. Now, let's go back to the question. It, it is normal. Now, again, it doesn't sound like this husband's getting um, very offended or taking it very personally and, and being upset and attacking back. But it is normal for men to take personally uh, when they hear someone talking about the fact that they're not providing enough. And this is both in regard to somebody who maybe could be doing better or somebody who can be doing better. And that might be something we spoke about last year and this year. In other words, if somebody is failing at a business and his wife's making him feel bad about it, and you say, why things so personal? Come on, you know, be, be strong. No, this is normal. People get offended when they feel that they should be doing more and they're not, or somebody's uh, pointing out that they're not fulfilling their obligation. Now, I, I think I must have mentioned this in the past as well. It's a good sign. It's a good sign when somebody gets offended. You know, if, you, if, if a man comes home and asks his wife, who is supper, right? And she just looks the other way and says, I don't know. That, that's a terrible thing because it means that she's not, she's not even getting offended she doesn't even realize that she should be, she should be uh, you know, taking care of that but if she gets defensive and says what do you mean with supper I worked so hard today you know, in, in a way it's a good sign it doesn't mean you, you said it the right way but in a way it, it's, a, it's an acknowledgement that she knows it's her obligation and that's why she has to come up with, a, with an excuse why she didn't which is good and I often say when somebody gives you an excuse take it because then you're, you're programming both of you to see that okay there has to be an excuse to not have supper because it's something you should be taking care of Okay, so somebody gives an excuse, you buy it to make them, to let it register that it's because of the excuse. And this is something with kids and everything in normal circumstances. When somebody gives you an excuse and you take it, you're basically um, co- confirming that when there's an excuse, it might be okay. You know, but, but in general terms, it's not. As opposed to somebody who says, I don't know, I didn't get around to it. And you say, okay, that's okay. It's not okay. Anyway, back to my thing. So when you tell a husband that he's not providing enough and there's no money, and he, he doesn't feel so comfortable about that, it's a good sign. I mean, it definitely means that he, he's not looking at you like, why he's looking to me? Like, why did not you just get a job? No, it's, it's something that, that he, he doesn't feel so good about now. Um, so it's normal. It's, no, it's normal. Now, your point is obviously not to make him feel bad. It certainly doesn't feel like that's the point here. And, and whoever is doing or having such a conversation should be careful to make sure that the point is not to make someone feel bad. In other words, mm-hmm. if, you know there's some, if you know there's nothing someone could do about this, and you're saying it anyway... That's a problem. If you're hurting someone's feelings and there's no solution available, and you're just saying it because, excuse me, I'm allowed to vent my frustration, and if you'd only know what it means to me to not have, but if there's nothing someone could do about it, then why are you saying that? So you have to make sure you don't. You, you, you have to make sure that your intention is not to make someone feel bad. Obviously, on the other hand, you don't have to feel bad. Okay, and this is a little tricky what I'm about to say, but in general, you don't have to feel bad for wanting to be able to provide basics for your family. I mean, sometimes people get very self-critical and feel guilty, like, oh, I shouldn't be complaining. Well, you shouldn't be complaining because that's not a nice word. But the fact that you're a responsible mother and you have children and you want to make sure there's the basics and when kids um, come to the new school year and they don't have the, the school supplies and, and you feel guilty for complaining, I mean, it's not called complaining. It's called being a responsible mother and you shouldn't feel bad about it. You shouldn't feel bad about wanting things to be in a, a healthy way. And I'm saying this the other way around as well. If you're a husband and you don't like complaining but your kids are not taken care of or they don't have what to wear or things are neglected, you don't have to feel bad for mentioning it or bring it up in a healthy way. Now, we'll talk about what that means in a healthy way, but you should never feel guilty about sticking up for a normal right, a normal um, privilege, a normal something that's coming to someone. I mean, sometimes if you don't know how to demand something or don't know how to talk about it in a nice way, it won't happen. And if you're too busy feeling guilty and not wanting to make someone feel bad, and that's why you're going to ignore something, sometimes you're doing 
uh, you're doing an avla, or you're even enabling something to go wrong. So it's just something to think about. Don't feel guilty. Just try to make sure you're doing something in a way that's not hurting anyone. Now, in most cases, I'll say this, in most cases, um, it's not what you say, it's how you say it. And this is something we spoke about many times. It's, 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 it's not what you're saying. There's, a, there's, a, there's almost a healthy and, and, and comfortable way to say anything. You have to know how to say it, and you have to know when to say it. Okay? So if, if you're saying it in the wrong time, when things are challenged, or when you're about to call a car service, and you say, you have money for a car, and you say, not enough money, you don't have money because you don't work. That's not the right time to say something. Okay? Or if you're saying it in the wrong way, and you, you're being personal, you're attacking someone personally, even though you really do have the right intention of, of simply getting things to be better, but you say it in a way, you're such a slow model, don't you see? There's no money here. That's obviously not the right way to say something. You have to be very careful. When you say something in the right time, and the right way, you know, that's definitely... Um, that's, that's definitely a better way to go about things and, and, and your, your chances of having your message taken well are much bigger so the first thing you want to do and we went through this many times already and it's always good to apply again the first thing you want to do is make sure that you're absolving somebody of, of, of blame in other words you're not saying you're a bad guy because of it no, I understand it's not easy and I don't have time this and I understand the situation at work and you have a lot of good friends there and it's very hard to leave so, so when somebody feels understood by you, they feel like you really got them, you understood them, and you're not upset about them, and you understand the difficulty that they're dealing with, it's already much easier than not feeling attacked. They're not playing in their mind, yeah, but you, but me, but... No, no, we're on the same page, I understand it. Okay, that's first of all. Then there's the issue of, we need more money. Now, one of the things you might want to say is not, why don't you just take another job, or why don't you do this? You might want to, I'm just giving one example, one, one idea. You want to boost someone's ego and make them feel good about your message. Right? So it's not, you should be taking another job because responsible people would do that. You're worth more. That guy's taking advantage of you. He's paying you little. You're worth more. I want, it would be so gishmak if you could work with someone who appreciates you and pays you what you're worth. So now, even though the message is not what he wanted to hear, that he has to change jobs, but at least he's feeling good about himself. You believe in him, you think he's worth more. You're not telling him that you know, he's a loser for not taking the other job. You're telling him that he's, that, you know, what, what, what he's worth. He should be paid a lot more, and, and he should be able to, you know, make ends meet. Now, the third thing you want to do is not be apologetic and say, you know, only if it's possible. I understand, maybe not, maybe you don't want. You want to be clear and very assertive and say, listen, I understand it's not easy, and I don't want to tell you what to do, but I, I'm really not okay with this. I mean, there are things that have to be taken care of, and I, I don't know what to do. In other words, this is something you're very clear about. My, my position and my feelings, I'm very clear about. Now, it doesn't mean that he has to do what you want. It doesn't mean that you're putting your foot down and demanding or controlling. That could be terrible. It means that you're at least demanding a discussion and saying, I hope you understand. I'm really not okay with this. Talk only about yourself. I'm not okay with this. Could we sit down and discuss it? It would mean so much to me if we could work it out and understand each other. If we could work it out and come up with a, with a plan that, that works for both of us. Or if we could sit with someone and discuss it with a third party and make sure we're doing what's responsible. It could be anyone. It could be someone we both trust. It could be a roof. And I tell this to people often, when you're very confident about something, and you know that this is an issue that should be taken care of, and you tell someone, you know what, I'm willing to discuss it with someone, you tell me who. And in most cases, when you really are confident, and you see that something's being neglected, or something's not, not the right, it doesn't matter who you talk to about it. So if you, Dafka, want to talk to your therapist or your aunt about it, that could be a red flag. Why Dafka that person? Could it be because you already gave that person a long rundown about the problem in the house, and someone else might not pick up on it? I mean, maybe he's doing the right thing, I don't know. But if you're comfortable enough to tell someone, you know, I think I, it would mean so much if we could sit down and talk to someone about it. I don't want to push this under the carpet anymore. I'm really not okay with it. I, I would love to go on and just push through, but I, it's not working for me. I want to be able to make the grocery order every week, but if I go and I can't come home with half the things I need, then I, it's so hard for me to go. So what do I do now? And you're very clear that this is bothering you very much without blaming someone. 
And you keep on mentioning that you know that, he's, that he, he means to do the right thing and, and you're not looking down at what he's doing and you can't judge him and you know how harder it is for him and, not but, and it's not working. So very often if you say it the right way that could, that could definitely get your message across. Now I want to mention something over here very clearly and, and I, I was saving it for the end. Based on what this, this questioner is writing and especially how she's portraying her husband in such a nice light and she sounds like a very intelligent and, and, and collected and, and, and whatever else you want to call it woman. Um, so, so I'm believing her story. Now, I don't know. For all I know, for all I know, and I don't mean this situation, I'm just mentioning it because sometimes people see, oh yeah, that's me. Well, for all I know, this husband has a whole different story. For all I know, if I would ask him, he would say, huh, you don't want to know. She grew up in a house where they spend money that they don't even have. And she's not spending 100% of what her parents spent. You know, you have to, you have to, you have to be a, a millionaire for that. But she's spending like 80% of it. So she thinks her necessities are not there. And really they are. I don't know. Or he might say that she came up with two jobs that they totally weren't practical for me because I didn't have a car. And you have to basically get there you know, by, by train and take six hours. To, I, I don't know. So sometimes what you're telling someone, obviously, yeah, this is a big idea that has to be discussed and understood properly when you could present one side of a story and when not and how much and how much you can apply um, advice that you got when somebody didn't hear two sides of a story and all that. It's a tricky topic. What I mean to say is that sometimes you have to know what somebody else would say. What's he thinking? You don't know what he's thinking? I mean, he's walking away. He's not talking to you. Do you have any clue why? Maybe there's no reason. Maybe he's just uncomfortable, like I said, but maybe there is a reason. And that's something you have to think about. I challenged someone recently... That person might be listening to the shit. There's no way that anyone else would know who I'm talking about. Somebody wrote me a long email. A long email. And complaining about a spouse. Okay, let's not go into the man-woman thing here. Somebody wrote an email complaining about a spouse. A long list of times. Both because I was reading between the lines and because I had a little background information of what's going on over there. Um, I didn't feel comfortable going into a long answer or debate or anything, but I felt there was a lot missing. And I said, you know what, before I answer you, right... Mr. or Mrs., whoever it is, before I answer you, do me one favor. Maybe you could write another letter. Just, just come up, let, let me see if you're creative, and come up with a letter, what your spouse would write seeing this letter. Right? You have a long list of times against your spouse, against your husband or your wife. Right? What would your husband or wife write if they saw that? What, what would be their side? And don't just say, well, they would say, but they don't understand. No, no. Write as if they're writing it. Just make believe they're writing it. Let's see what they could come up with. Let, let's see what you could come up with that someone else would say. I didn't get an answer. I didn't get a follow-up either. Now, I didn't mean to put anyone in the place or hurt anyone's feelings at all. All I meant to say was that sometimes you're writing from your own perspective without realizing there's another perspective. You're not even realizing. You're not even acknowledging it. You're not even knowing it. And if you don't know it, maybe that's part of the problem. Now, it could be that the husband's at fault because he's not expressing it. So I don't mean to challenge anyone and say, well, you should know. Maybe not. But it's good to think about because sometimes you, you're making your assumptions and you're talking to someone in a way where they really feel shut down like you're not ready to hear what they have to say and you didn't even acknowledge they might have what to say and you have to let them say so that's just some more food for thought so before anything happens over here it's good to think about like what is he thinking does he think he's providing does he have reason not to does he see does he feel incapable does he feel like you know, he's not being understood he's not being appreciated I mean we, he, he and her both have jobs and you only have you know there's less than less than eight kids over here only a few kids like why is there enough money I, I don't know anything I'm just mentioning that this has to be taken into consideration. So when you know when you know what you're saying, but it's not what, but it's how and when, and you're saying it in the right way, and you're making sure you're taking someone else's feelings into account. And let's just go let's step back to the to the beginning. And you make sure that, that person really knows that you really do think very highly of them, and you make them feel very comfortable. This issue is an isolated issue. It's not something that paints a picture of a relationship. You know, neither self there's ways to get through to everyone and work things out. And if we do it the right way, and Mr. Shem, we have the Shmai, we live, we have a